Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the River Community Church podcast. If you want more information about the church or things that are going on, you can visit therivercc.com or you can check out our app at app.therivercc.com. Today's message comes from Pastor Steve Taboo. All right, I'm glad you're here. We are looking at a series called Foundations. And we're going through the Bible from cover to cover, Genesis to Revelation. And if you hadn't gotten one yet, I'm excited to say they came in this week. And we got extras out in the lobby. We want every family to have one so you can read along with us. If you haven't started with us, it's not too late. Because we're going to be doing this for another 11 months, okay? So jump in where we're at. And we're doing a podcast each week. If you haven't found that, you can go to the app and, and find that. You can go on the website and find it. Uh, but the idea is that it's kind of like an overview, a catch-up, uh, a nugget to help us discuss it, learn from it, and grow. Here's what I'm finding. The more I connect with others that are reading through it as well, the more I'm growing as well. So I just want to encourage you to jump in. Now, today for Foundations, we're talking about holiness, and we're talking about how God is holy. Now, that's not a word we use a lot outside of church, and there's a reason. It's because it's ascribed to God in his perfection, in his completeness, that he is, he is set apart. He is holy in the sense that he is perfect, and we are given the chance. He invites us to join him in that holiness. Now, as you're reading through, you're going to see this word holy used a lot. Right now, we're in Exodus, and we're going to move into Leviticus, and you're going to see all this holiness that he calls the people to, to set them apart physically. He'll have some tangible ways to do it, and then he'll have some intangible ways to be set apart to be more like him. And I just want you to know, you can be holy today. Almost sounds unnerving, doesn't it? Like holy, but Christ has come to make us holy. Now, what I hope you're doing as you're reading is you're seeing how the Old Testament and the New Testament tie together. Are you seeing that? We're going we're gonna to show that even more so today, how the Old Testament is setting the, the scene for the New Testament, for who Christ is, and it, it excites me. Now, uh, in your reading tomorrow, we have Moses who gets to receive so much of the holiness of God that after being in the presence of God, he's like radiating God's presence. Have you seen that? That, that comes tomorrow, so some of you are reading ahead. So he's going to go before the Lord and get so close to God that he's literally going to emanate God's holiness and his glory to the point that he has to put a veil over his face. Now, as a new Christian, here's a funny story for you. As a new Christian, I started reading the Bible through myself. And I was so fired up for the Lord. I was like, Lord, I want all of you. I want everything you can give me. And I started reading about Moses and being full of the Holy, Holy Spirit and being full of holiness. And, and I was like, Lord, I want more of that. I want more of that. And, and then I read the passage where he, he met with God and he was so full of God that he had to cover his face with a veil. And I was like, Lord, I want that. And I remember, just like it was yesterday, I remember getting on my knees and going, God, I want all you got. And I start praying and start saying, Lord, give me all you got. And I started just really feeling like I, I connected with God in a real intimate way. And, and I got up, I was like, wait a minute. 
I wonder. And I literally ran to the bathroom and looked in the mirror. I wanted to see if my face was glowing, and it wasn't, sadly. But I had just as much of the presence of God in my life as Moses did. So you may not be radiating the glory of God to the point that you have to wear a veil, but we can all live out the holiness of God in such a way that we are radiating the light of Christ wherever we go. Amen? All right, so you got your Bibles. We're going we're gonna to launch out from Exodus 3 because it's such an important passage. I hated to pass over it, and it ties into holiness. And I thought it was cool that we're talking about holiness on the day we're doing communion. That was pretty neat as Jimmy was sharing about the idea of making sure our hearts are right before God. So Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. says, One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of the bush. Moses stared in amazement. Through the, though the bush was engulfed in flames, it did not burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why is it that bush burning up? I must go and see it. Then the Lord saw Moses come to take a closer look. God called to him from the middle of the bush. Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Let's pray and then we'll, we'll get started. Lord, I just come before you and I, I just want to humble myself and say, Lord, it, we can't be holy without you. We need you. And yet, Lord, I also get excited with the promises that you give us that you will make us holy. You will wash us clean. You will cast our sins as far as the east is from the west, Lord. You will redeem us and wash us white as snow. So, Lord, don't let us sell it short, God. Don't let us settle for less, Lord. I pray that this morning you would burn inside each of us the hunger for holiness that we would desire more of you. And that as we do, God, all the fluff and the distractions of the world would just begin to peel away like an onion. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. If you got your listening guide, uh, the first thing I want you to see is that God is holy. Now, that may be a no-brainer because you may have heard that all your life, but but you need to put that in perspective. God is perfect. He is perfect in his character. He is perfect in his decisions. God is perfect. He is set apart. He is the one true God. There are none before him, none beside him. He is holy. And we're going to look at just a bunch of passages uh, that talk about this. Moses experienced the holiness of God on the mountain, right? The bush is burning, and Moses comes, and God says, don't come any closer. You're standing on holy ground, which simply meant that that ground was part of close enough to the presence of God 
that Moses didn't need to be there because it would be too close. We see as we go through and, and the Israelites get invited to the mountain. He, there's a point we're going to read in a minute where he's like, oh, there, there's a boundary there. You can't go past that. And then later Moses wants to see God face to face. He's like, you can't quite handle that much. So I'll tell you what, you just kind of hide in the cleft of the rock and I'll come by and let you see my glory. So this holiness is, is something special. Exodus uh, chapter 27. Let's start with Exodus 27, verse 20. Going to flip it a little bit different than the order in your, in your book, in your listening guide. But Exodus 27, 20 says this. It says, command the people of Israel to bring your pure oil of pressed olives for the light to keep the lamps burning continually. Focus on the pure oil. And then Exodus 30, verse 3. Exodus 33 says, Overlay the top sides and horns of the altar with pure gold and run a gold molding around the entire altar. And then Exodus 30, 23. Collect choice spices, 12 and a half pounds of pure myrrh. And then 30, verse 35. Using the usual techniques of the incense maker, blend the spices together and sprinkle the, them with salt to produce a pure and holy incense. So this tabernacle, if you're reading it, and I, I was talking to one of the guys in first service. He's like, man, I'm a builder, but reading all those measurements was wearing me out. And if you've been reading about the tabernacle, uh, man, it's a lot of measurements. The cubit, by the way, is about 18 inches. They measured it, makes sense, right? Elbow to the tip of the finger, that's a cubit. So if you're taller, your cubit's going to be a little bit bigger. Uh, but that was a simple way of measurement, right? Why do you think we call a foot a foot? I'm pretty sure it's because somebody said, yep, that's how long it's going to be right there. So as you're looking at, at the, uh, the tabernacle, one thing you keep seeing is this theme of making it pure, pure gold, pure incense. It has to be different. It has to be set apart to honor and glorify God. This idea of holiness honors and glorify God as we seek to make our lives holy. Now, Revelation 15.4. This is the last book of the Bible. And in Revelation, we continue to see the theme of holiness. If you're to read all of Revelation, you see over and over again, they have the elders sitting around the throne of God saying, holy, 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 is the Lord God Almighty. So Revelation 15, 4, though, we see, says, Who will not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous deeds have been revealed. So God is holy. That's the simple, simple part. He is perfect, and that's why we worship him. He created us. He designed us that we also may be holy. And that's where you go to the second thing. Second thing is that God calls us to be holy as he is holy. Now, it's definitely harder for us to be holy than him. He is in his nature holy. He is in his nature good. We come from a fallen nature, which is why God shows us so much patience and mercy, right? Uh, Exodus 19, 1 to 14, this is Moses uh, at the mountain, 
where he's inviting the people to meet with God. Verse 1 says, Exactly two months after the Israelites left Egypt, they arrived in the wilderness of Sinai. After breaking camp at Rephidim, they came to the wilderness of Sinai and set up camp there at the base of Mount Sinai. Okay, so they've been out of Egypt for 60 days. Just two months. They've been free. They've seen these miraculous miracles that God has done. Literally the parting of a sea. And they walk on dry ground. So they've got all this going on. So they know that God is real. They've seen God is real. And now they're getting a chance as a, as a nation to meet with God. So he said in verse 4, he says, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. You know I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if, always underline those ifs, right? If you obey me and keep my covenant, you will be my own special treasure from among all the peoples of the earth, for all the earth belongs to me. And you will be my kingdom of priests, my holy nation. This is the message you must give to the people of Israel. So Moses returned from the mountain and called together the elders of the people and told them everything the Lord had commanded him. And all the people responded together, we will do everything the Lord has commanded. So Moses brought the people's answer back to the Lord. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will come to you in a thick cloud, Moses, so the people themselves can hear me when I speak with you. Then they will always trust you. Moses told the Lord what the people had said. Now, did they follow through on that real well? If you keep reading, these guys are lying through their teeth. Whatever you say, Lord, we're in. And as you keep reading, these guys, man, they, they say one thing and they do another. Kind of reminds me of some people I know, like myself. Lord, I love you. All my heart, all my soul, I'm all yours. And then I go out and do what I want to do. Anybody ever wrestle with that? that that's, the, that's the struggle I feel with this holiness thing. It almost feels disingenuous sometimes to think that I can be holy because I fall so many times. It's a wrestling match. It's, it's like we're in this wrestling match with Satan. And he wants to keep us from being holy because the more we're holy, the more we're like God, the more the world sees us and says that's different. The more we just conform to the culture that we're in, watching the same shows, making the same posts on social media, uh, making our opinions made known in the same way that the world has opinions, celebrating the things the world celebrates, and then saying we're Christian, it confuses people. But the more we seek to live a holy life, the more they look at us and they go, that, that guy's a different school teacher than all my other ones. He really cares about the students. That lady, she's, she's a different coach than any of the other coaches I've had. It's like she cares more about me than the win or the loss. That, that doctor, he's, he's different than the other doctors. I see the, the love emanating through him. That nurse, she cares, but I can tell there's something different in her caring even. It's not that all doctors, all nurses, all teachers don't care, but when we walk this holiness out, 
we will look differently. We will live differently. And God calls us to be holy as he is holy. Now, teenagers in the room, college students, young people, singles, married folks, senior adults, middle age. It's hard no matter what age or phase you are in. I used to think the older I get, the easier it'd be. No, it's not. Because the flesh and the spirit battle. In Romans 7, Paul says, the things I know I should do, I don't end up doing. And the things I know I shouldn't be doing, I end up doing those things. Oh, if it weren't for the grace of God. So please understand, as I'm preaching about holiness, I'm also preaching about grace. Because we must live that grace out, because if not, our attitude of holiness is going to be called legalism. I got to be more holy, therefore I'm going to, I'm going to make a list of what shows I can and can't watch. And I'm going to make a list of what words I can and can't say. And I'm going I'm to make a list of what social media pages I can and can't watch. And, and, and you, you start trying to live by a, a code of ethics and morality instead of going, God, show me how to be more like you. What if we get up each morning and say, God, show me how I can be more like you. That's God's goal, right? He wants to be more like you. And then uh, the elements we see of holiness here, verse 5, he says, if you obey and keep the covenant. So holiness is about obedience to God. Jesus confirmed that. If you want to jot this passage down, John 14, 15, it's where he said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Again, tying the Old Testament and the New Testament. Jesus is restating what we have here. When we love God, we obey God. And uh, then verse 6, he tells them we're a kingdom of priests. That was the goal. That was the goal for the Israelites. He wanted all of them to be a kingdom of priests. Not just to have priests, but he wanted all of them to know him and to be this kingdom of priests so that they look differently to the other nations. God tells us the same thing in 1 Peter 2.9. We'll look at that in a minute. But if you want to jot that passage down. And then he told them to consecrate themselves. Now, it's interesting. He tells them to wash their clothes. You see that? Now, I think that's a good idea because I think I appreciate it when you guys take a shower before you come on Sundays, right? But I believe it was a, a physical picture for them of what it meant to be set apart to enter into the presence of God understanding that for them, it probably would have been something they did once a week or once a month. They did not have a shower that they get to go in and twist the knob and enjoy. Most of the time, it would have been a sponge bath, right? But when they were to consecrate themselves to come before God, he says, go wash your clothes. Wash it all. Set yourself apart as a different people. Pretty cool picture. Leviticus 22 uh, verse 31 to 33, this is what we're going to be reading. Now, when you get to Leviticus, there's a, again, there's going to be a lot of, lot of details, a, a, a lot of teaching about different laws and Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. You're about to come into three of the hardest books to read, okay? Don't give up. Please don't give up. 
Please stick it out through these hard books. And what I want to challenge you to do is as you read them, try to see the, the New Testament and the teaching of Christ in these. Try to see how they connect over and over again and how so much of this is the foreshadowing of Christ to come. Okay? So Leviticus 22, verse 31 says this. You must faithfully keep all my commands by putting them into practice, for I am the Lord. Do not bring shame on my holy name, for I will display my holiness among the people of Israel. I am the Lord who makes you holy. It was I who rescued you from the land of Egypt, that I might be your God. I am the Lord. You see that? Who makes you holy? God makes you holy. And that's the last thing. God here is saying he makes us holy. The third point is it, today, it's Jesus that makes us holy. Today, he sets us apart. Exodus chapter 12, uh, starting in verse 5, he shows us what a sacrifice back then had to be. Exodus 12, 5 says, The animal you select must be a one-year-old male, either a sheep or a goat with no defects. Jesus had to have a sinless life. He had to, to be the perfect sacrifice, honoring God with his character and being sinless. Now, it's interesting. The other day, I was somebody sent me a clip, and they said, can you believe this? And it was a famous news anchor on one of the stations. And he's talking about a, a social justice kind of issue. And then he references Jesus. I was like, hey, this guy's referencing Jesus. And he, he references Jesus talking about loving, loving the poor or something. He says, uh, and he was a, and we know that Jesus was a sinner just like us. I was like, wow, isn't that interesting that he would choose to use Jesus for a moment and then just throw in a false teaching right there next to it. Just sowing that seed of deception. Because you see, if the devil can get us to believe that Jesus sinned, then he's not the perfect sacrifice. We need to wait for somebody else. If Jesus went through this world and, and fell to temptation just like you and I, then he can't be the sacrifice that we must have for the forgiveness of our sins. And I, I believe you're going to see more and more of that just, coming through the media and coming through the news and that when you hear people talking about Jesus, it's going to be more and more of the secular view of Jesus. A good man who taught good things, much like Gandhi, much like others that, that tried to bring about world peace. Jesus was not like any other man. He was the perfect sacrifice, a lamb without blemish. Well, we, uh, we also look at the fact that that lamb went to the cross voluntarily for us. He was, we, we looked at how the foreshadowing of Abraham sacrificing his son and then God providing a ram as a sacrifice. We realize now that God foreshadowed that he would sacrifice his son Jesus for us and that Jesus says he went to the cross willingly for each and every one of us. Well, for each of us, we must be willing to be humble. 
We must be willing to be holy, to be like Christ. And I just want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to, to be willing to let Christ make you holy and pure for him to be that sacrifice. Hebrews chapter 4, if you want to jump over to Hebrews 4. Verse 14 to 16. This is good news right here. <laughs> Not only was Jesus our sacrifice to make us holy, but now he is our high priest to mediate for us when we aren't holy. Look at verse 14. It says, so then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. The high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of, of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Anybody need grace? I need grace. I need grace. The Lord been speaking to me about grace this last week. And how, what the Lord convicted me of is I pick who I'm going to show grace to. If I think they deserve it, then they get it. But if I think they should have it all figured out and they don't, then I, I, I might even throw the word hypocrite at them. And I realized the Lord convicted me. It's easier for me to show grace to somebody that has never heard the word of God and that has never walked with God. It, it's easier for me to show grace to somebody who on their deathbed was a, a murderer and a, a drug dealer and they, they profess Christ and turn away from that than it is to show grace sometimes to my own brother or sister in Christ who may be struggling and in their struggle they act out against me. And instead of forgiving them and seeking what's wrong and how I can encourage them, I just say, Pah. and you call yourself a Christian. So the Lord's been challenging me what holiness is not. It's not me looking at others telling them how they should live. It's me getting close to Jesus and being so full of God's presence and love that I therefore want to go out and I want to be the light of Christ and I want to be the example and I want to show grace and mercy and forgiveness as Christ did all. So being holy is letting Christ make you holy. And then when you sin, realizing we have Christ as our mediator for us. Isn't that awesome? Well, last passage is 1 Peter 2. Remember I told you about that foreshadowing? He wanted Israel to be a holy nation, a nation of a royal priesthood. Well, in 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 9, we're getting that same challenge. He says, but you are not like that. You are a chosen people. Look to the person to the left of you and say, you're a chosen people. Now look to the person to the right of you and say, you're a chosen people. Isn't that the craziest thing? Because when everybody turns, you're talking to the back of their head. I don't know. But I see them do it all the time on TV. It's got to work somehow, right? But I want you to know you're a chosen people. And then look what he says next. You're a chosen people. And then he goes on and says, you're, you are royal priests. Woo, I'm so glad I'm not the only one here. 
all of us. So when you think, well, that pastor, he ought to straighten up a little bit if he's going to be a pastor. Guess what? You are one too. You have the same relationship with God I can have. I don't have a little special track. Sometimes I have people come to me and say, Pastor, I, I need you to pray. I, I know you got a special track with God. I'm like, I ain't got no more track with God than you got. We both are invited into this holy of holies, this inner throne room. But I'm glad to pray with you anytime, anytime. He says, uh, once you had no identity as a people, now you're God's people. How about that? Now you're God's people. Once you receive no mercy, now you receive God's mercy. Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your souls. That is our responsibility, to keep away from worldly desires that war against our souls. And then 12, be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors then even if they accuse you of wrongdoing, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. Let me just uh, say, I, I'm grateful for you guys. I, I, I'm so grateful because well, about a year ago, maybe it was, we had a, a fellow show up and uh, showed up without a shirt on and obviously having having a difficult season in his life, and I just caught second wind of it, that our team just loved on him, welcomed him in the service. I thought, how, how crazy would that be? Have a guy with a shirt, shirtless just sitting in the service with everybody else. But that was because of the love of people in this room, willing to love on you no matter what. And then this morning I was driving here, and of course it was like 20 degrees at 6 a.m. It was bitter cold. And I'm driving here, and there's a, a guy walking, and he's, He's got a couple of backpacks on his back, and uh, it seemed like he might be uh, might be homeless. And I felt like the Spirit of God said, pick that guy up. I was like, I don't know where I'm going to take him. I only go another mile or two down the road. But it just so happens he just wanted to ride to the, to the Waffle House so he could get in and out of the cold. So I picked him up, and I drove him, started talking to him. Young man. And... Uh, Got to the Waffle House, and I said, hey, just right up the road here, man. I'd, <coughs> excuse me. I'd like to invite you to come. I said, well, he said, what do you do? I said, well, I, I pastor a church. It's called the River. It's right up here on the left. He said, where's that at? And I told him, I said, I'd love to have you come this morning if you can. He said, you know, I might just do that. Asked me what time of service were. And here's what I, I was so thankful for. I knew that if he walked through that door, you guys would love him to death. And that he would find a place here that realized holiness, holiness is in each of us, and we're called to share that with others. It's not us telling them how they need to live. And I was grateful. I did not blink an eye to invite him to come, and I knew that if he did, you guys would love him well. I thought, you know what, God? I'm thankful for your people that do live it out day in and day out. And I, I'm thankful, guys. I, I, I pray that we will each live this out on the job wherever we go. I pray that this idea of holiness will infuse us and affect the way we, we live, the way we work, the way we play, the way we treat others at work. 
that we will understand that when we are going into that place of work, we are the light of Christ. We are God's burning bush, if you would, because we're a vessel filled with the Spirit of God. Does that make sense? So when people see us, do they see a, a burning bush that's emanating light? Or they see a bush that's burnt to a crisp and falling over or blown by every wind that comes, every wind of culture blowing us from one side to the other. Well, I, I just want to challenge you to, to lead, to lead out in holiness. Men, I want, to, I want to give you a special challenge. You heard Dean talk about the Friday night. We got Super Bowl coming up this next weekend in two weeks. Not this, not this Friday, but the next Super Bowl's in two weeks. So we, we titled this one Super Bro Friday Night because it's on Super Bowl weekend. And we're going to be doing this together with Life Church. It's going to be a men's event. Men, I, I want to challenge you to bring your sons so that they can understand more about what it means to be a man of God. I want to challenge your men to bring your co-workers so they can understand what it means to be holy. Now, we're going to have fun. We're going to eat some massive quarter-pound beef hot dogs till we're sick. As long as we're not gluttonous, I think three's the limit. And, uh, and we're going to have fun with Life Church. We're going to have a tug-of-war from between some staff members, just see who winds up in the pit. And all the money that's collected, we're going to give away to charity because that's what we're called to do is to be the generous people that God calls us to be. College students, I want to challenge you to come. I want to challenge you to put it on your calendar. Men, we, we should fill this place seeking God, putting him first in all our lives. And ladies, I want to challenge you Go ahead and just get on your phone right now and buy that ticket for your husband because there ain't nobody's got more influence than you do in his life. Besides Jesus, of course, maybe. Girlfriends, great chance to see if this guy's for real. Go ahead and sign him up, see if he goes. No pressure there, right? No pressure there. Holiness. Holiness. It seems so far away, doesn't it? And yet when Christ forgives us for our sins, it says that he washes us white as snow, pure and holy, honoring a God. And then we have that wrestling match, whether we choose to live that out day by day, but the good news is God is merciful. So stand with me if you would. I'm going to invite Eli to come back out. And Eli is going to play. And you can, well, we've been doing this now for about six months. And let me just explain, if this is your first time, we, we want this time to be a time where everybody just has a conversation with God, where everybody seeks to hear from God from the message. This is, well, I know how busy we get. As soon as we get out that door, we're thinking about lunch. Chuck, <laughs> some of you are already thinking about lunch, huh? <laughs> right? Okay. So I want you to give me five more minutes. Okay, And in this time, I want you to ask God, God, is there anything that my family, my neighbors, my coworkers would say, that's Steve Taboo. He doesn't seem like a very holy guy. 
Is there anything that you need to, to get right with God? I want you to do that. Now, you can do that where you're standing, but you might want to come forward. Maybe you want to come forward. The left side over here is for you to be alone with God. If, if you wonder why people come over here and they kneel and they pray and nobody prays with them, it's because that's what this side is for. It's so that you can pray and just connect with God. Maybe you're, you want to write more names. There's still some space here for names as we're praying for people to fall in love with God. There's still some place to bring those names before the Lord. So maybe you want to do that this morning. Over here on this side is a place where maybe you're going through something and you want somebody to pray over you and with you. You want somebody to say, hey, I, I, I don't know all the situation, but let me ask that God would strengthen and encourage you through this season. And so we have deacons and ministers and pastors that will all be over here. If you come, they'll just pray with you and encourage you. And then I'm going to be down in the middle. And if you have never discovered a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to help you to get there. I want to share with you this, this good news that he has for all of us, this, this grace and mercy that is so undeserved and yet can fill us to overflowing. And we too can be holy as he is holy. So as Eli sings, you can join along with him, however the Lord leads you, but spend this time with the Lord. Hey guys, thanks so much for checking us out online today. If you want more information about the church or things that's going on here, be sure to check out theriverCC.com or download our app and visit us there. Also, as we go through the Bible this year, we want to help keep you engaged on what's being read and talked about each week. To do that, we have a podcast called The Word This Week, which will recap each week's readings, as well as have special guests who will talk about what God showed them that week. So be sure to check that out on all podcast streaming platforms. And again, thanks so much for checking us out online.